Fucking Lycan! Hello there, ladies, gentlemen, non-binaries, and prefer not to says, and welcome to another exciting episode of Fucking Lycan. And boy, do I have a treat for you for today. I have my second guest ever, ever. He's my friend, colleague, bearded villain, Photoshop guru, amateur psycho, psychologist, sorry, all-round good guy, future father, Terry Brown. Hi, Terry. Welcome Terry, I to the podcast. Someone else. I really did. Sorry? I wonder whether you're going to say Terry or not. <laughs> of course I was going to. That's your name. <laughs> Actually, it's not. For people who don't know, it is Trevor Bell. Now, that must have led to some nicknames in school, but we'll get into that. Well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no, the Terry thing, I still can't believe it stuck. What happened? Where did that come from, though? Is that, that's recent, isn't it? That's, that's when I joined the company. My contract came through from HR, and it said Terry on it. Terry Bell, eh? And then, um, obviously, we had a laugh about it. We got it corrected. And then during, obviously, getting set up in the home office, mm. Mike sent some stuff to my house. Mm. And, um, yeah, he addressed it all to Terry Bell. <laughs> which then, obviously, as some of the colleagues that will be listening at some point know that when, when we had our meeting up in Scotland, some people thought that that was actually my name. Yeah. And they just started addressing you as Terry. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's nicknames are a weird and wonderful thing because, in fact, Keith will attest to this. We used to work with a guy uh, when we were still at Lucas, whose name was his nickname was Gerbs, as in Gerbil, but his real name was Mark Keegan. And the way the nickname came to was his last name was Keegan. And there's a Kevin Keegan, but there's also a Kevin the gerbil that used to fucking roll around with Roland Rat. Oh, so man. then they shortened <laughs> Kevin the gerbil <laughs> to fucking gerbs. <laughs> and that's oh, just the way shit works. So the fact that you've got Terry's probably a lot better than maybe some of the nicknames that you would have had in the past. Yeah, probably. I, I imagine. Do, I mean, did you have any when you were growing up that were particularly fucking crass? I imagine Bell would have featured in some of them. Oh, Bell End happened a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and still does. No offence. <laughs> can't get away from it. But war off back, mate. War off a duck's back. He can't let it, he can't let these things get to you. No. Well, as I mentioned, you're also in a fucking you're a bearded villain, which. I'll warn you, I did have a joke about, but then I thought, well, I don't really want to make enemies of a nationwide fucking biker gang. <laughs> You're not a biker gang. It's just a beard club. Well, it's the bearded villains. And, 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 and it's worldwide, not just nationally. Oh, well, see, I don't want to make enemies of an international fucking biker gang. But, uh, I mean... Sorry? <laughs> How would you strive for an international audience? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if I get enough listens and people share it about, fuck, you never know. 
But there's, I think there's going to be the language barrier to contend with. Because, like, have you, I mean, have you always resided down there? Southeast yeah. England way? Well, it's not even southeast. It's sort of east, really, Lincolnshire. It's fucking southeast to where I am, mate. Yeah, everywhere southeast to where you are. <laughs> southwest. So, yeah, so, yeah, I, because it's funny, when obviously you were talking to Keith last week. Um, I was talking about obviously because obviously you guys joined the RAF and stuff, and Keith being a spacey as well, which I was many years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I had a, I had a, I geeked over planes because I grew up in the middle of sort of RF Coxmore, mm-hmm. Wittering, and North uh, Watson. No, oh, what's it called? Northall, Coningsby. North Lufton. Mm, I don't know that one. Like, three, they got shut down before the other two. Mm. That might have been, oh, probably say late 90s. So did you never fancy following into the military then? I thought about it, but I kind of got fed up with the cadets due to various things going on between friends there. All right, okay. Yeah, it kind of put me off at the end. I enjoyed my time whilst I was doing it and okay. so planes and stuff. But so really... there was nobody in your squadron that was getting tippy touched inappropriately then? No, it's probably why I didn't enjoy it so much. <laughs> what? There's no paedophilia here. I'm going to go and join the boys' brigade. <laughs> I fucking hear. You get, you get to a point where, obviously, being teenagers, so people take things out of. People get promoted within the cadet. Even though it means fuck all, really. Yeah. You get. I had a, a mate of mine who decided he got promoted, and then decided to bring it into school and all that lot. So he got to the point where he's like, "Fuck off, we're not at cadets now." Really? Yeah. And it so kind like, of ruined for me. So got his flight of... sergeant, and then was I'm a fucking flight sergeant. You're a cock end, is what you are. Yeah. So I sort of no, I sort of went away from it a bit, but the time I enjoyed it. Well, so I still, I say, I, where I grew up, we had the Harrys flying over all the time, tornadoes flying over all the time. It's, it's all always been around. And a matter of my friends I went to school with, they're raff brats as well. Mm. Half okay. anyway. So, yeah. Well, that's interesting though, because like I mean, well, you say like the bearded villains aren't a biker gang. It gives off that sort of vibe there's a lot of people there i see posts you know i see posts on instagram and such where it's bikes and beards and it's for people that like me who aren't educated i look at that and go oh that's a modern day biker gang where they do a lot for charity they get together there's mentions in the tags of it being a brotherhood and there's a a chief and there's fucking you know there's a uh, (laughs) A leader and whatever. So that's like a rank structure. Is that something that maybe drew you to it in the first instance? Because it is similar in, like, layout to, like, a rank structure. But it is and it isn't really. It's how I got into it was... But it's far more relaxed is the thing. It's not military. Yeah, it's, it's very much a group of guys that 
like to do stuff for charity and have a few beers and sort of just hang out. Yeah. The, the, only, the only thing we really all have in common is we've got beards. Hence the name, Bearded Villains. I mean, so, granted, everyone dresses it. You know, there's lots of tattoos, lots of beards. Some of us ride, some, some probably can't even ride a tricycle, to be honest. <laughs> Better suited to the sidecar. Like a fucking Jesse. Well, it's it's more. I mean, the way I got into it, I was I was working at Harley Garage at the time, and a friend of mine, well, it was an acquaintance back then. He he left a little card on my bench while we were chatting. I was off doing something else in in the workshop, and it just said just said about the bearded villains. It says, you know, look us up. So I rang him and said, "What's this all about?" He goes, basically, just we do a lot of stuff for charity and then have beers and get drunk and play the piss out of it. It's like, I like charity. I like doing doing good for people. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, sort of got into it that way. Mm-hmm. I think the first two, three months, me and three other guys did Hadrian's Wall from east to west. Oh, nice. Raised money for a charity called WizKids. So they make custom... Uh, custom wheelchairs for... See, I'm doing urns like you. Well, see, this is the seventh episode now, so I think I'm getting a lot better at controlling my urns. Yeah. But one thing uh, I noticed, when I chat to people on the phone or face-to-face, you still use fillers. You still say, um, while you're taking a, a moment to think of your next words, and it's a lot better. Saying, um, imagine if you were talking and cunt was what you <laughs> said every time you needed to pause and think of the next cunt part of the sentence. I think um, as opposed to cunt, is far preferable. Yeah, yeah, we can't argue with that. So, yeah, yeah, they were... Um, so this this charity make custom wheelchairs for kids, like the more all-terrain stuff, so they can get around and do more. Mm. Um, so I think it's taken about two years. We've raised six and a half grand for them. Fucking good effort, though. Wheelchair, though. Yeah. Well, you have to... um, You need to get some of those wheelchairs like they used on Top Gear. Remember when they built the all-terrain ones? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's what they need. Yeah, yeah, we've done... So how long has that you been a member of them now? Must be getting on for about two years, two and a bit years. Oh, yeah. And since... Yeah, it would have been 2018. 2018, I got... What they call patched in, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So since then, you know, I've been quite involved with it. Obviously, this year has been pretty lax due to the the c word that of that that cannot be named, yeah, which isn't cunt. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, we um, yeah, we're obviously not been able to meet up. We usually have large meets all over the country. Yeah, so one of the big ones we go to is Edinburgh. that's 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 that thing. It's. A, as with a lot of clubs and that, it's camaraderie or camaraderie if you're fucking a grammar police. And the feeling of belonging, because it's well documented that humans are a tribal species. That's why you have people have arguments over Apple versus Android. And this has been spoken about on other podcasts, of course. Everyone's trying to find their tribe. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, and if you find somewhere you belong and have a great time and feel relaxed and feel comfortable enough to say what you want to say without being judged, 
you're in. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, I say the guys I've met through it. I mean, as you know, in our job, we go all over the country, mm-hmm. and generally, most of the places I go into, I can, I will know, or I can get hold of someone in that area and just go, "Do you want to go for a beer?" And they'll mm-hmm. be like, "Yeah." I mean, me and the me and the girlfriend went over to Australia about three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I messaged the local captain over there, mm-hmm. where Sydney. Said any of you guys live in Sydney? Fancy me me and it for a beer, and I've got a message back, and I met up with three of them one night for some beers. See, brilliant, isn't it? Just to be, just to be able to have that wherever you go is 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 fantastic. Like it happens yeah. to an extent with some ex raffers. Um, you've got the oh, there's a fucking place in London I can't remember what it's called but it's the Union Jack Club and when people were in London you could go there show your ID and get it was like that fucking hotel in John Wick (laughs) you could just turn up with your RAF ID and be like any chance of a fucking hand job not really it was just like a room and board but I mean I'm sure in London there's plenty of places to get a hand job Christ's sake yeah yeah, so so then, like, language barrier-wise, listening to my previous episodes, it's not been too bad. Or is there still words that you struggle to? No, I'll say, I think you explained most of the, the Scottish terminology you're using pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's good. Sorry, sorry about your nan. <laughs> but that had me in tears. <laughs> With our big black walloper. Fucking hell. Oh, man. We laughed about that for, God, days when she said it. I I couldn't sit for laughing. Unbelievable. And she was completely oblivious. Everyone around the table was just crying, pissing their fucking pants, a couple of them literally. And she's like, oh, what have I said? What have I said now? I couldn't, I couldn't, it took me 20 minutes to tell her. Is that just due to, like, words changing meaning over years? So, for instance, just a, a thingy or a random thing? Is she? A, no, I don't think so. I think she must have heard it somewhere, heard the word somewhere. And when you're, sometimes when you don't have the vocabulary to, to describe a situation, you pick a word that Sounds like it, or I can't think of an example, but like you know, she wanted to say, Look at that huge, great, big effing spider. But she, at the time, she was like, Oh, uh, uh, look at that big uh, walloper is a descriptive word. Like, yeah, I mean, a walloper traditionally is something hefty, like it's like. A black guy, stereotypically, would have a walloper, a fucking two-pound jackhammer. And so when she said, look at that big black walloper, <laughs> I just immediately my imagination went to this hulking great shaft caterpillaring across her fucking bedroom floor. I'm like, that's whatever you do. Like in fucking locked stock and two smoking barrels when he says he jumped over his desk and beat him to death with a 12-inch black rubber cock. 
Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Sometimes you hear, obviously, you know, the the way words change these days, even compared to, like, you know, I've got little cousins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And some of the words they use now, I listen to them go, what the fuck? Yeah. And even, like, the older generation, the amount of stories you hear where people say, um, older people thought oh, LOL was lots of love. It's like, I'm sorry, but we've had to put the dog down. LOL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen pages with that on, like people like that. Damn, you autocorrect, and are people's using the the like? Yeah, I've had to. Grand's just died. LOL. <laughs> Fuck, she must have been a real cunt, like. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's interesting how that sort of changes from time to time. Yeah. As long as it's not too difficult. See, because again, I can I keep mentioning it, but because I was in the military, stationed down in Halton and Albright in, in Buckinghamshire, and then Cosford in the West Midlands, and everyone, there's people from Northern Ireland, Wales. There was a guy from Belize, which was a a, a UK territory, so he was over training. So you had to modify your language because otherwise I spent all day translating everything I just said. It felt like a day. You learn. And it just got tiresome. So you just correct your language. Like I'm not necessarily speaking to you like how I would speak to Keith. Well, no, because, I mean, to be honest, if I hadn't been working with you guys as long as I have, the last podcast, I probably would have needed subtitles. I'm not fucking technology technologically advanced enough to be able to put in fucking subtitles like. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's, but you, you, no matter who you talk to, you change how, how you speak at the time. Mm-hmm. You, no matter, even if you know from person to person, even let alone different regions, people are from. Yeah, I mean, are you Lincolnshire born and born and bred? Like Lincolnshire, Rutland. Rutland is oh. the UK's smallest county. Where the fuck is Rutland? So you've got Leicestershire, the east part of Leicestershire. Yeah. Um, used to be Rutland, I think it's before about 1970. It was a small county. And then it got taken in by Leicestershire. Then obviously all the rich locals campaigned for years and years to make it independent again. So it must be around maybe late 90s, 2000, it became Rutland again, somewhere like that. Again, What's, what's it- Rutland famous for? Um, it Apart won. from being a whiny bitch. <laughs> Up until about a couple of months ago, oh, I saw I saw a thing in, it might be one of the papers, maybe about a year ago, and it gave an item on which county, what the famous for each, in each county, and Rutland was the the only county that doesn't have a McDonald's. However, yeah. McDonald's opened up about two, three months ago. Well, so famous for anything now. Some would argue that not having a McDonald's is a fucking good thing. But those people need to be taken outside and shot because McDonald's is magnificent. Yes. <laughs> yes. As he holds up a McDonald's coffee cup. Because yeah. I'll just, I haven't figured out how to do a video on that. I don't think I'll do video. Most podcasts, no, that's a lie. Some podcasts have a video version that's available on YouTube. But a lot of them, like on Spotify, they don't. How fucking mad is it that I'm on Spotify, by the way? It is a bit crazy. And, and you're and going to be on Spotify now as well. I'm going to be on Spotify. 
Podcast Cherry. And uh, also on Pocket Casts and Anchor FM and fucking Apple Podcasts I'm on. It's mad, isn't it? It's fucking nuts. And once I got it set up, like I was back in one of the other episodes when I was saying about all the issues I had, technical issues I had, I mean, I lost like five episodes. But you're going to get stuff like that. I mean, I can understand, as I say, do concentrate more on the audio because, I mean, I don't know how you listen to most of your podcast, but obviously all mine I listen to is generally driving in the truck. Mm. I tend to find if I listen to them in the house, I'll um, sleep, generally. I listen to mine in the morning on my headphones when my other half's not up yet or when I'm in the shower. Or even when I go for a shit, I'm in there long enough to kill 20 minutes on a podcast. <laughs> well, is, I say, I, I mainly listen to them as they drive around. I, I find, especially some of them, when you get to sort of an hour and a half, two hours, I think it's too long to sit there and watch. Yes. Yes. I know there's some that are... Because I've no particular pattern to this. I just thought fucking... I mean, I've said this a heap of times as well, but people like yourself said, if I did one, you'd probably listen. And when I figured out how to do it, it's relatively easy. I mean, you guys are fucking... Like I said to you in that text the other day, you guys are great. You're all, in your own way, interesting for different things. And you don't get a chance usually to sit down in a situation like this and just I'm inherently a nosy bastard <laughs> I like to people watch hmm? I think it's a human trait people are generally nosy to different levels obviously but everyone loves a bit of gossip yeah absolutely I'm, see I'm not too interested in the gossip because I make up stories for the people I watch I mean, I say watch. It's not like I'm peeping out the fucking curtains. In a bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squatting in a bush, rubbing one out as people walk past on their fucking day trip from the care home. <laughs> yeah. Whatever fills yeah. your time, man. Whatever fills your time. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, I've got fucking plenty of time to kill just now, Link. But... Ah, oh, shit. I forgot what the fuck I was saying. But yeah, because... Like, everyone in our team especially is so different. But even with Keith, I've known him 20-odd years. There were still things I didn't know about him that I wanted to know. And, like, with yourself, just from talking over the last few weeks, you know, there's things where I thought, well, fuck, I'm interested in that. I'll get you on to speak about it, like the the bearded villains, the, the fact that you do... I've only seen a couple of your works, but the stuff that you do on Photoshop is legendary, especially within the team. Because that's, I mean, that's technically the comedy behind it is generally funnier. Mm. That's that's where it gets. Sometimes the speed I can do it. Yeah, but see, I love all that shit. But I never took the time to invest in Photoshop. I still, I'm old school. I'll fuck around with Microsoft with uh, Paint. And I would zoom in and change little individual pixels at a time. I remember doing team photographs for my old job. 
and they wanted mug shots to put on a, a board in the office down in uh, Huntingdon so that they could put faces to names. If an email come through, they could look at this big board and go, oh, that's Sid there, or that's fucking, that's Mike there, or, or whatever. So I went on paint. I Google searched photos of penises and various shapes and sizes and lengths. And I've meticulously glued these on to people's heads in Photoshop. Uh, not in Photoshop, sorry, in fucking paint. And I just zoomed in and like color matched the little pixels to make sure the color of the shaft matched with the fucking that particular color, like the color here on my forehead versus the bright part here in the center of my forehead. I did it for the whole team and I sent them off. And they were like, first off, don't fucking do this again. Second off, that's actually pretty amazing. But Photoshop is, by all accounts, easy as pie. The thing is, I've tried using Photoshop. I've still got Photoshop apps. The one I use is Photofox. And it makes it really simple. But then I'm not I'm not trying to change backgrounds and stuff. Generally, most of my stuff is putting putting people's heads on different things. Yeah. I mean, my favourite collection that I've done are probably a series about six of them, were for the guys in BV in our little chapter, and I each of them put their head on a body that was then riding some sort of animal. Mm-hmm. And my favourite one is a guy in our in our chapter called Ryan. And I've got him riding a mallard as it's coming out of the water with a cowboy. Well, he's got a hat on and he's like dressed as a cowboy. Mm. But it's, oh, it's one of my favourite pictures because the expression of the face as well doesn't fit the photo as well. Mm. I think it goes, but it, together it looks really good. It's just it's just good fun creating stuff. Yes, I mean, look at that. Uh, there's a face group, Facebook group called drawing cocks on pictures in the paper which is just people taking photographs from the newspaper and draw fucking cocks on them it's simple but some of the like you can have like Boris Johnson shaking hands with the Queen and somebody's drawn a massive fucking weeping dauber hanging out of his fucking trousers and it's childish and it's toilet humour but it's fucking funny and that was just the beginning of what you can now do with Photofox, Photoshop, etc. And if you're a child at heart, like I am, that shit's just funny. I mean, talking about drawing cocks on things, um, when I, I did my stint at Harley. <laughs> did you expect uh, this would be a, a topic? <laughs> no, but, you know, like you said, we don't know where it's going to go. We've got lots of tangents we can go off on. Um, so, yeah, whilst I was working at Harley, uh, there's a guy who we used absolutely is an amazing airbrush artist uh, called Sam Hubbard. I don't mind saying his name of him because work's work is amazing. And um, he posts he, stuff. Yeah, he posts stuff. He's on Instagram and stuff. I'll give you the link. You can add it to the description if you want. But um, yeah, I'll do that. We're really good bloke, a funny bloke as well. And we went for a phase where he told me he had this customer years and years ago. Very picky, changing the mind and all this lot. So he paint airbrushed lots of little tiny penises into the artwork he was doing mm-hmm. on his paintwork and never got noticed. So it might do now. But um we had a joke about it, it always made me laugh. So he painted my tank on one of my bikes. 
and painted a tiny penis on it and then lacquered over the top of it so it couldn't be polished out or cleaned off. Um, <clears throat> consequently, when his bike then came in for a service, I would draw a penis somewhere on the bike, whether he could see it or not. But I'd know it was there, but he didn't. And then when we uh, we entered a custom competition and we built a bike and name of the bike we called it Alley Rat and managed to get some old like ten pin ten pin bowling pins mm. and he pin pinstriped a few of them and he pinstriped one for me painted it all up so it could go with the bike and stuff mm-hmm. and draw a penis on that as well <laughs> and then he also did some custom baubles that my my missus got me one Christmas um, which is lovely of her but of course he painted a tiny penis on that. Not yeah. telling me as well. Yeah, it's just been an ongoing thing now for years. See, again, <laughs> there's another similar link because we used to draw, in the especially at Costford, we would when we went for a fucking smoke break or whatever because I was smoking at the time. I'd be, oh, I'll be there in a minute, guys, and then I'd nip over to one of their other notepads or workbooks, scroll to like the second to last page, and then write it's another comedy penis and draw a fucking cock and balls and close the book. So I knew it was a, <laughs> you know, a slow burner because I knew in like three weeks time, they'd open that page and all of a sudden be confronted with a massive veiny member. And that happened every, I remember fucking taking my uniform down to the laundry one day and somehow, I don't know how, I took the rank slides off, and underneath one of the rank slides was a tipexed, it's another comedy penis. And that was <laughs> off my fucking shoulder. Don't know how you got that. Oh, God. But that's Reminds just shit. It's, it's immature, but it's just funny. Why not? If it makes we, you laugh, just fucking do it. Reminds me of, we say we had a thing at school as well. I mean, we're talking secondary school, so obviously massively immature. Um, I can't. I think I know who it was. I don't. I can't, I can't remember if it came out who it was, but someone in our year got nicknamed the Phantom Panther. And what you do is, without people knowing, is like tipex or draw a pair of pants on someone's pencil case or bag, and they just appear. You wouldn't know it's there. The next thing you know, you go, hang on, there's a pair of pants for comedy yeah. wife fronts drawn on my bag. Yeah, exactly, exactly the same. Is this where you reveal to the nation that you are the Phantom Panther? <laughs> no, I'm not that not that clever or sneaky. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, yeah it's, again just random random shit that makes you laugh. You know, was that a big big school you went to? Secondary school? Were you a council not, school? Or? Not massively. It was a, a say normal sort of council school. So well, I think there's about 700, 800 people there. So not massive. Jesus Christ, that is massive though. I once went to a school where there was 30 pupils in the whole school. That was my primary school. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like my, <laughs> one of my primary schools. In fact, the smallest I ever went to had five of us in there. Wow. There was two primary twos, a primary four, and two primary sixes. No, two primary fives. I was a primary five. And fucking, you know, there's, the Cabrach school was going to be closed down a few years ago, but there was an uproar because there was only two pupils, a brother and sister, that wow. went there. But that means there was a teacher, fucking head, head teacher, dinner lady, and fucking playground monitor. Just for them two, two kids? Yeah, just for two kids <laughs> that probably hated school anyway. 
Yeah, here's the thing with homeschooling. I mean, I wonder what's going to happen with education. It's already reformed the way people work because it proves that there's no need for big office blocks anymore. No, and you, you tend to find, I mean, some people I've spoken to, they'll, they tend to do more hours if they're working from home. Yeah. Because they haven't got the commute time. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing. I mean, we'll get on to this in a minute, but speaking of the psychology of stuff, but you don't have the getting up at five o'clock, having your breakfast, doing your workout, walking the dog, etc., to then fucking leave the house at half six to commute for an hour in traffic and fumes with fucking the radio going, people honking their horn at you, fucking calling you a wanker for driving the wrong way up a dual carriageway, fucking get getting into the fine parking, you're already pissed off, you're, you've been up for two hours, and then you've got to do fucking eight, nine hours work. Whereas now, I won't name any names, but I know people who start work at half eight, roll out of bed at fucking ten past. Yeah. Coffee, computer on, done. I don't know. I don't know who does that. Psychologically, <laughs> it's it's somebody who shall I say is in my bubble. She might listen to this, so I'm not. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but that's got to have a massive benefit on you because you're already in a nice relaxed mood. You're not stressed. Whereas you go through your morning, your stress levels elevate to around a seven by the time you get to the office. Yeah. And fucking coffee machines empty or you get 300 emails about something you've already told people fucking 10 times before. Who needs that shit? At least if that's happening at home, you can go, do you know what? I'll go get my breakfast. I'll be 10 minutes. I'll fucking get this done. And like you say, you don't have the two-hour commute back home at half five. You're already leaving half an hour later than you wanted to. You're already at home. So you go, do you know what? Fuck it, I'll do an extra hour because tea's in the oven. Play Assassin's Creed for an hour and a half. I had an hour and a half just switching off and living in a different world. Yeah. And you need that. And if you get that, you work more effectively. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, you know... Like I said, we mentioned before when we were talking about arranging this episode, you'd said that you had a keen interest in the psychology of things, and is that something you still keep an eye on? Do you read a lot? I read a bit more. I used to, it was mainly when I say when we when we chatted about it briefly, sort of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I went. I did it. I left school. And I did a year at sort of normal normal college. Did A level, A levels, and all that lot, and then. Decided I wanted to play with cars instead. Mm. So well, that um, was A level in psychology. No, I did I did A level maths and then I did a GCSE in psychology. All right, okay. But you you sort of go through you no know, cognitive behavioural therapy stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, various bits and bobs, and just just the way how the human mind sort of works with various things. It's just just interesting. But it sometimes is. you overthink it too much. Yeah. It is fascinating. I mean, I toyed with the idea as I was leaving the Air Force about going into some sort of psychology. Because I remember I've got a book called The Mammoth Book of True Crime and The Mammoth Book of True Crime 2 by a fella called Colin Wilson. And it was my granddad's book. And he was always reading it. I mean, I don't know if that's a fucking signal of anything, but 
it lists chapters like um, The Age of Gin is one of the chapters. It talks about uh, murder in Tudor times or Elizabethan times or whenever the fuck it was, I can't remember. And it talks about um, the rise of serial killers like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy and Ed Gein and all that stuff. And I thought, I just think it's fascinating how the human mind that's capable of raising thousands for charity and uh, discipline to fucking exercise or is an artist or is a bank clerk, you know, pick your fucking poison, the, the, can also be a mind that's got fucking prostitutes buried under their garden shed. And you're like, uh-huh. is it chemical? Is it nurture? Is it nature? Because I know there's a lot of, they say a lot of child abusers, for example, were themselves abused as children. And it's a behavior that is imprinted in them. Um, I can't remember the name of the author, but there was that psychologist evolutionary psychologist did that book sex at dawn oh um oh what's his name uh christopher ryan that's the one yeah. I, I read some of that off of the back of hearing about it on that other podcast that shall not be named for legal reasons <laughs> and the bit where he said that like fetishes develop when you're going through puberty and something happens and it's you know a synapse just lock, like fires and locks that in and from then on you get a boner when you smell cut grass or fucking the sight Someone's of the dog taking that. a shit on the kitchen floor gives you a hard on <laughs> and then before you know it you're in a German Scheiße video mmm <laughs> Essen mein Scheiße but no that's oh. that's could be, I mean, I'm obviously not a fucking expert, but having read these books, because he was an expert, he was a criminal psychologist, he was saying there was a bit of background in some of these people, and, you know, that they were abused as children speculatively, but there's some evidence of it, because their father was a career criminal, or it was single mother, or they saw their mother get beat up, or their mother was a uh, a street worker, all this stuff. So reading these books, that that caught my attention. I was just fascinated. And that got me interested in, I suppose, learning about people and learning about, you know, how, how has this happened to you? Well, criminology is what I'd hoped to get into, but part of it is laziness, why I didn't bother, because the course was like five years at university, and then you've got to do four years at a placement, then you've got to do three years as a partner before you can even get your own fucking practice. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to become an eBay psychologist and just do this for £40 an hour. The thing is as well, um, is as as silly as it sounds as well, there's not a lot of money in it as well, unless you get to the point where, you, like you said, you have your own practice and stuff. Yeah. I mean, so I had a friend friend of mine um, study criminology up to master's level and ended up working in a prison. Mm. 
and being paid fuck all really for it. I think it was considering yeah. the amount of education you go through to get just to be accepted for that sort of role. But crazy. But I guess the thing that's is, what... I was going to say, yeah, the thing is, when you say when I was looking into it as well. It was the whole tear up between I was what 16, 17 years old, mm. grown up tinkering with cars as well. And it was mm-hmm. just one of them two sort of mm. what's going to be more interesting and where's the money at potentially? Yeah. 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 Well, I got grown up, I wanted to be a fucking rocket scientist, a paleontologist, a fucking neurosurgeon. Now I'm sat in a wardrobe doing podcasts. <laughs> 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 you know, fuck it. I want to. I, uh, I'm literally a jack of all, master of none. I did art for a while. I did fucking um, sports for a while. You know, played football, and then I got into like the extreme sports, as they say. I got into fucking inline skating and skateboarding, and then that fell by the wayside, and then I got into music, and that fell by the wayside. But all the time, my main focus was the technical aspect and Air Force aircraft Mm. and, and, you know, electrical stuff. But but it's because there's the risk of there being no money in it. Like artists, that cliche of a broke artist... Yeah, until yeah, you, you, until that moment you make it, fucking inverted commas, you you ain't you're not making shit. No, it's one of the things where you let's say you've either got to take the leap of faith and do it, or like I mean, look, say doing the podcast at the minute you're you're starting out and doing it, but you're doing it for fun. You're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Who knows where it might lead? Two years time, you know, you have a, quite a large following. Mm-hmm. It, it, or more, or you could be bored of it and not do it anymore. Yeah, or I might have lost some followers, depending if I do any fucking biker gang jokes or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're definitely not, definitely not a biker gang. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, but again, that's for the for the uninformed. That's just what the appearance of it is, because on Instagram you see, you know, captain of the chapter. Um, big beardy guys with some with bikes and you go oh that's a biker gang that's what that equates yeah. to it's two and two makes five yeah the thing is i say it's, i guess it's just due to i mean even stuff like you look at like sons of anarchy stuff like that mm-hmm. the the way the guys i say me included to a certain extent the way we, we dress the fact we have patches and stuff like that it looks that well i mean when we have our we have our meets we had we did one uh, yeah, last year and the year before we had January and February, where we sort of the guys come from all over the country. The guys come from well, some even guys come across from Europe, hmm. and we have a few beers and stuff, and we raise we raise money. But if you're walking past that pub and you see a load of guys all tatted up, beards, you know, some shaved heads or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's not some people ain't going to go. I'm going to go in there. No, yeah, they're going to go. Oh, that's a biker gang. But then some people come in and they go, you guys are one of the loveliest people we've ever met. Yeah. Well, that's that is a misconception. I mean, there's a lot of... You, you see in the media and news and stuff where there are, you know, actual biker gangs doing a lot for charity, standing up for the little guy and what have you. 
many videos of them raising money for terminal ill kids or fucking um, orangutans in fucking Bermuda or wherever the fuck orangutans <laughs> live. Have, have you seen just, all that shit? Oh, I've seen... I've not seen the orangutan shit, but... But yeah, no, I've, I've seen... I see your, you know, sort of groups of groups of bikers. They're not generally, you know, classes like a bike gang. But I mean, let's say even the days when I went to Harley, you've got the they have the Harley owners group, hog chapter they call it. Mm-hmm. They group of guys, and they do they do charity stuff as well, and they hang out, have coffees together, and etc. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, every have Christmas, coffee morning, tea coffee morning, school. yeah, yeah. Is it's just I guess an alternative to middle aged men going out and hanging out playing golf. Yeah, or, more danger involved to riding a bike, though. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or down the allotment, fucking smoking weed, digging up carrots. Yeah, I found this yeah. CBD oil. It's actually fucking a weave, a wee fucking carton of acid. <laughs> fucking hell! But no, like I was gonna say, like that fucking the. Um, those orangutans, they're cutting down all the rainforest to make room for palm plantations so they can get palm oil to make things like fucking soap and Nutella and some shit and all that stuff. But there's people going, oh, it's an absolute tragedy. All these fucking orangutans are fucking getting displaced and their habitats being destroyed. And I was like, well, give them a job. I'm sure, because there's been images of orangutans fishing and using tools, and they say the apes are now entering the Stone Age with regards to being able to use hand tools to get things. So I figure if you hire orangutans to work in the fucking Nutella factory, filling and labeling and putting lids on jars, win-win. The problem is people will never be able to get the lids off the jars. They'll be too tight. Oh, this is true, yeah. You'd have, have to employ an orangutan in your house to undo the jar for you. Even better. So, you know, they could, they could maybe hold down two jobs. Yeah, and listen, I bet you if the orangutans actually tasted Nutella, they wouldn't be too pissed off about their jungle fucking getting destroyed because Nutella is lovely. And, uh, yeah, if you get a pet orangutan from fucking Burma, I think they're from, I mean... The second half, we're going to say pets at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was fucking just got him up pets at home. I went up for some bedding and came back with a fucking ginger grey ape who can't go out in the sun and reeks a piss. <laughs> a big fucking ginger monkey. <laughs> I should add, there's a bit of ginger in that fucking face fuzz you've got there. There is. It's slowly going grey now, which is worrying. Do you Time use treatments? Usual, well, I say usual for people who don't have beards, they don't use beard oil, but yeah, use beard oil, beard balms, try and keep it soft and fluffy. Any particular brand? Uh, depends really. OP's beard oil, beard co, or I've just got some stuff from America called uh, Suavecito, it's from California, that's quite good. Oh, nice, a bit of a fucking Mexican flavor, yeah. It's yeah, chili smells, in it. No, no chili. It smells amazing, though. It smells amazing. But at the same time, I, the more reason to try and make it softer, it's more for the more for the girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
She's, for she's when not you're a you don't want fucking sandpaper between the thighs, like. No, it's got to tickle more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. I know a guy. There's a guy up here who uses something called Braw Beer Oil, and he's there hashtagging. The, are you in the brotherhood? Because Braw means good. It's a, it's a, a Scottish word for brilliant. You say, oh, that's Braw. That is. So he's always posting Braw Beer Oil Brotherhood. Fucking, they have they have meetings. The the Brotherhood have meetings, I guess, very similar to yours, where they all have get-togethers and have their moustaches just fucking waxed and everything. Yeah, yeah, all that shit. I mean, I just can't grow a beard. Mine just comes out fucking patchy and that. Well, jealous. You just give it a go. Yeah, well, it was it's long enough the patches grow over. You don't notice it so much. Yeah, I'd love to have the fucking. Uh, who was that Bronson fella with the, the skinhead and the fucking... Charles, is it Charles Bronson? Charles Bronson? Is that not a film star? No. I'm sure it's... Yeah, Charles Bronson. Yeah. I, th- I so thought Some that, of our like... colleagues will know. I've got a picture of one of our colleagues looking very similar to him. I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, forward on to me. That would be there's good, al- eh? There's also rumours that he allegedly has a dungeon in his, in his, in his gut house somewhere. Oh, yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Although he did come back to me and said it was more of a swing, more of a harness. <laughs> Just a fucking a swing that's hanging in the corner. Like uh, our former boss's house. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that, but I did I did hear it, hear about it. I uh, heard it, it fucking Dan swinging about and it spanking himself, the fucking pervert. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Stick a drink in my coffee. So yeah, so in school you're like, hmm, psychology's quite interesting, but I'd rather go mechanicing. Yep. I mean, what did your parents do? Is that something you just sort of went, Oh, I, I think I'll try that or Well that well, growing up was, was there bikes um, and cars going about? Not so much. Um my dad, my dad's one of these guys that could turn his hand to pretty much everything, but he originally trained as, I'm trying to remember now, it was a, I think it was basically a tractor fitter. Mm. Obviously, Lincoln chairs full of full of fields, full of farmers, quite a rural area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, I think he did apprenticeship with Ford um, on the tractors, and then he moved into engineering from there. Mm. So he was always making stuff, and anything that he did doing, he could make it one of them guys. Yeah, you know, quite handy. Uh, Mum, pretty much, she was just at home with us, quite yeah. lucky in that respect. You know, she yeah. didn't, she didn't really go out and work until I say both me and my sister were both at school. Really, then she did you know, her usual sort of mum part time job, filling the hours, bring a bit of money in and stuff mm-hmm. that I can remember. But yeah, I, um, I did. I started tinkering with cars when I was about probably like thirteen, fourteen. Mm. A uh, cousin of mine had a car that she didn't get rid of. So, no, sorry, it wasn't that. My auntie needed a spare car to insure, to keep her insurance going while she was waiting for a new car. Mm-hmm. And then when her, her new car turned up, she gave me this one. It was like a 200 quid Escort. Oh, okay. And I did it up, serviced it all, tinkered about with it. You know, I mean, the old man showed me a few bits, but um, yeah, sort of learned as I went along. And Learned then, on the job. 
<clears throat> yeah, and then my my cousin was getting a new car and she needed something to trade in. Mm. And because my auntie owned this car, she says, well, can I have this? And you can have your cousin's old car, which was an old rusty Mark II Fiesta, mm-hmm. which needed a bit more work. So again, tinkered with that and played around with that. And then did a, you know, you do work experience. You do work experience up in Scotland. Yeah. You know, like two weeks. I worked at a fucking, my work experience was in a parts department at McRae and Dick. I wanted to be an illustrator. I wanted to be a cartoonist, an animator. But where I was, there's not much fucking call for that. (laughs) They were like, "Um, yeah, we're just going to put you in a parts department in a fucking garage. Nice. There wasn't, we didn't, there wasn't the facility up here or over there actually to nurture somebody that wanted to go into the creative arts. There was no fucking call for it. Although there was a guy that was in my art class at school went on to design body kits for Max Power because he spent his days just drawing fucking cars hours on end. So that he got into designing body kits when that was still a big thing. I think it still is. Oh, body kits. I don't follow it as much now. I'm not part of the 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 car scene. Mm. But yeah, I used. To, I mean, I used to be. I used to buy Max Power. I mean, this is the thing. Being a 45th year old, buy Max Power because obviously you had pictures of cars in there and stuff like mm. that. But you also had women in bikinis. Yeah. So, you know, in sort of part and parcel. You were like, yeah. fuck, maybe if I get myself a souped-up 50-plus Asian <laughs> big jugs, I'll be able to land a bikini model too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how it works. You get, <laughs> you get sucked in for it. And and because of that, I made made a massive, massive error in my life and just worked on cars. <laughs> so when no, did you transfer to the bikes then? Oh, after years. I mean, I said the whole car, because like I said, my old man did an apprenticeship at Ford, Ford, but on the tractors, and I did my apprenticeship with Ford. On the cars, so I did that, and then I moved to BMW. I worked there for probably about 10 12 years. Oh, fucking hell! And then moved to the bikes. That was only because the company that I worked for had a had a bike garage as well, and I knew all the guys there anyway because I had a Harley. Yeah. So I knew all the guys there anyway. And they they basically said to me one day, "Do you fancy coming and playing our sandpit?" And I was like, "Hmm, go on then. Just mm-hmm. mix it up a bit." Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, worked there. But I mean, to be honest, I've always it's always again weird psychology about stuff is the fact i've always had i've always had imposter syndrome no matter what i've done mm-hmm. whereas at ford i did they sent they were looking for guys well looking for two apprentices to go across to america represent ford uk mm. in the competition Excellent. and i got i all the training and sort of the competition to get into that i came first and ended up me and another guy went across, but I got the higher marks for it. Hmm. So I did that. Uh, what, was it, what did you have to do for that? What was the competition? It was basically they did, um, you get given a car. So mm-hmm. what they did for, it's something they do every year in America, but they do they do it like a statewide, colleges in the States and individual um the individual states they have all the colleges sort of duke it out between them and the best ones from each state and go to this national competition it's an academic competition yeah yeah okay. so um what what you then do is <clears throat> they go over there and they present you with basically a car with a load of faults on it mm-hmm. and you got a time limit to fix all the faults and get it 
basically get the car started and drive it across the line. Excellent. Um, but yeah, the year we went, it was speed the mechanic. Speed mechanic. It's all about speed. I say you get paid for it. But the um, yeah, the year I went was the second year where they'd opened it up internationally. That's fucking mental. So we had there was we had come across from the UK. Um, then there was a team from Mexico, team from Canada. I'm trying to know the other teams as well. There's a couple of other teams as well. I can't remember where they came from. It might be one of the South American countries. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, we just sort of had to do what we could do and then sort of get across the line. I think we came second in that. That's an odd approach to fault rectification. That is just fucking budget together as quick as you can. It wasn't, it wasn't budget. The faults are in. We had all the diagnostic equipment and stuff like that and all the yeah. things. We we were fixing it as we would fix it in the garage. Just quicker. So, for instance, well, yeah, you're kind of racing against each other. But, if yeah. you, again, if you know what you're doing, it should be that easy. So you would plug the plug the laptop in and then you'd, you'd be like, okay, it won't start. It's cranking. And you'd be like, I've got no, got no engine speed signal. So you're right. Well, is it a crank sensor? So you do a test on it and find out you've got an open circle on a crank sensor. Bang, a new crank sensor. And just, they had a box of parts. And you say, right, I need this. They'll give you that. You bang it on, crank it. Oh, look, the engine starts now. What else doesn't work? Or bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too massively taxing. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking the, back, the radio stuck on radio things. one. I'm going to fucking kill myself. It'd be, it'd be stuff like there's a fuse blown on one of the systems, so something wouldn't work. Like, like I said, the radio won't work. And you find out the fuse gone the convertible top didn't work or it'd go up but it wouldn't come down. So once it went one way, you're like, oh, what's going on? And it was a relay fault, something like that. Uh, yeah, I remember when we passed out at Cosford that one of the last weeks at the training, you had written exams for like two days and then one of the days was you were on a an aircraft, you were on a jet provost, you were given a jet provost and you had to run it through um, an after-flight service. And, or they would give you a service, and they would say, carry out a before-flight check on this aircraft. Shoot, excuse me. So you'd have to go out with a manual and just follow the procedures for a before-flight inspection. And something would fail, and then you would have to find and fix that fault. And you were there was a sergeant there with his big fucking tech coat on, watching you making sure like your fault finding was you were going the right way and whatever and they would give you a mark on it but i remember my fault was the undercarriage would go down and then on the way back up it would stick and the indication in the cockpit there would only be two red lights and a green light and you were supposed to get green lights when it was locked and down so fucking through the wiring diagram and find this pish plugs and whatever. And I found the relay that was at fault. And what it was, was the old style relays, you know, with the screw cap covers. Yeah. They'd put a screw that was too long. So when they screwed the cover on, it was pushing the contacts closed. The fucking dodgy <laughs> cunts. And I remember th- I was like, that would never happen. Why fucking... Why would you do that? You absolute weapon. Yeah. I say the way, I mean, I say, I guess anyway, they're going to try and do a practical assessment on people. 
I mean, some of the ones we did at BM, for instance, they it'd be a um, it'd be a fuse fault, but you check the fuse. You, you can look at the fuse physically. You know what a car fuse looks like. You, you know yeah. the mini fuse. You pull it out. You can have a look at it. And go, yeah, it's fine. And what they've done is wrapped one of the terminals in sellotape, mm. and then put it in. Mm-hmm. So it it had a you know open circuit, but you couldn't see it by quickly looking at it. You had to check it properly. Yeah, that's the only way you'd find it. Or the indicators don't work, but that would just roll in and you go, oh, no, that's fucking standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Normal on them. <laughs> Optional fucking so, indicators. Yeah, so yeah, so I did all that. But I say it was cool because they sent us to Washington, D.C. for that competition. That's crazy. First time I'd ever been out of the country. Have you seen that, that Le Mans 66 with fucking... With uh, Not yet. Not Matt yet, Damon, Matt Damon, Christian Bale. It's really good. Is it's it Le Mans 66 or something? Whatever it's called, that's really good. It's with uh, oh no, was it Ford versus Ferrari? That whatever that fucking film is. It's about when uh, Ford were competing against Ferrari in the in Le Mans. It's really oh, good. It's the- GT cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's re- it's fucking it's really good. Yeah. I think I'll for that. Yeah. And then you finished mechanicing and came and joined our ranks. How does this compare? Yeah. It's fun. It's nice to do something different. Yeah. It is it is nice to do something different. I've it's it's nice to be I don't use my brain every single day. I mean, some of the guys might say you don't use your brain most of the time, but <laughs> it's nice trying to figure things out and learn things and just, yeah. I find, yeah, it's nice. Once you get to a certain point, as I mean, I mean, the motor industry is changing at the minute. Obviously with electric cars coming in. So I've got to play about with some of them and that sort of, you know, electric cars, putting isolations on electric cars. Some of the people can work on them, stuff like that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But no, I just I wanted a complete change. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, the sec, working on the bikes as well. I mean, that became it turned into a job, but that was great fun whilst I was there. Mm-hmm. And I did some really amazing things. But that's more of a hobby. That's something I like to do. In you know, when I'm playing about, I can be creative with that. Mm-hmm. I tell you, that's I mean, a, a creative element again coming in. We had this with Keith last week. That's an engineer, but is actually behind him got a creative flair. That's a very yeah, common you, theme. I think it's because he, maybe it uses you different, again, back to psychology, using a different part of your brain, a different skill set. It's a break from the norm. Instead of the analytical problem solving side, it's yeah. drawing cocks in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, uh, I say, I mean, since listening to the last one, I've started following Keith now on Instagram and looking at some of his pictures and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, everyone's got their own little little thing on the on the side to keep, you know, something a bit creative and stuff. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's just nice to do something different. Yeah, that's a key. A change is as good as a rest, as they say. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, I say we, that's the other thing, we work on the bikes. We did... Um, I'll notice into a competition every year called Battle of the Kings. So each dealership get choose a bike and they have a budget and then they have to basically do a custom bike 
which is then voted on for by by customers and people who go on the website and stuff. Then the top five get to go to usually the um, bike show at the XL in London, and they're then judged by everybody else. Mm. So the first year we were in it, we came, I think it's fourth or fifth. So we got down to the show. So it's nice to have a bike on a stand at a national motor show. Is that the one that your mate Sam drew all the fucking dicks on? No, that was my bike. <laughs> <laughs> my own bike that was. Uh, now this one was a. It was a based on a Harley Sportster, which was turned into a Scrambler, which we did quite a bit of bits and bobs on that. Jesus. And then the the second year we did a another bike, which we actually won with. Mm. That's the one we had the the pins for Alley Rat. Mm. And then, so we did a few more in between as well, but them two, they were so the nicest ones. And actually, Again, nice that's, that's bringing an artistic slash creative flair into fabrication and engineering. Exactly. Or me- merging the two together. Yeah, fabrication as a discipline within engineering. Yeah. I was never actually, I'm not good with my hands. I've got fingers like fucking pig's tits. Which is ironic. I went to like electronics because that's an ele- electrical work because that's very fiddly. It's you know crimping pin contacts into D-type connectors and all this shit. But I found it very therapeutic. Sitting at a bench with your extractor on, fucking soldering little pins onto you know fucking size eighteen fucking wires and knowing the difference between capped on and Raycam cabling and shit like that. I found that the detail of it fascinating. But again, with fingers like pig's tits, I fucking like cut myself and Off broke a lot of shit. Like, <laughs> heavy-handed as fuck, man. I have the same problem. I used one of the worst things if I ever got an interior job. And trying to get door door trims off or taking parts of the dash off. Because they're made from plastic and they just fucking break. Well, they yeah. don't just break. It's generally me being brute force and ignorance with them. Yeah. I mean, some some of the things you find whilst working on cars is hilarious. That's a that's a family motto of mine: brute force and ignorance. <laughs> that's under the family crest. Yeah, that's on our crest: brute force and ignorance. I always thought like I would love to get into demolition. Because being yeah. finicky and building stuff is is fine and great and fantastic. It's a lot easier to tear shit down. Yeah, yeah. A lot easier. And you got not going to worry about it looking good afterwards. No. All you need is somebody to come in with an excavator and tidy you up. But fucking, I'd love to get a sledgehammer and tear around an office block that was being destroyed. You know, when they do the what do they call it, the soft demo where they take out like pipes and toilets and light fittings and shit like that. Like wood, the plasterboard and all that stuff. And they just fucking trash it. I'd love to do that shit. <laughs> Imagine being very therapeutic. Oh, absolutely. Like I used to watch that Scrap Kings on uh, Channel 5 and it was great Like because there was teams of guys who would just do that? They would go into the building and they'd be. They'd say it's our job to take away the stuff that the excavator could get clogged up with: the insulation, the glass, the windows, the 
the flooring, the fucking roof tiles, and they'd go in, they'd have a crowbar, uh, a fucking pickaxe, or a, an axe, or a shovel, and that was it. They'd spend all day just trashing the joint. I'd fucking love to do that. Have you seen them rooms you can hire? Yeah, you we go just in get and to... smash it up. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, I tell you, there's some days I'd love to do that. I'd love to be able to take an, an outside view. I try to be mindful, but I would love to take an external view and unpack my thought processes of, of late. Again, disclaimer, I'm not going to details, but you know why specifically. But I would love to be able to look from the outside, knowing what I know in here, in my head, and be like, right, we need to spread this all out. We need to look at all this and put that there, take that there. And for that little portion there, he just needs to go into a room and smash it up. <laughs> that, yeah, it'd be nice. That'd be just fucking brilliant. But I don't think they do them around here. And with the C word on the go, I don't think you can actually do no. that. No, no, not at the minute. Not at the minute. It's been discussed with some other people. So looking at when it gets lifted, going to... Maybe going to go and do it because I know it's mainly bigger cities. I think have places like that, mm-hmm. but you can um, go do it. You can choose what you want to smash up as well, whether it's like plates or like office printers. So maybe the printers is quite a popular thing. But I guess it's because people have them for a couple of years and throw them out and get a new one. Yeah. So yeah, and it's fucking run out of toner, paper jams, and all the rest of it. People just get enraged by fucking printers. <laughs> But yeah, no, no, I think something like that would be really good. Just, just let it all out. Or one of those trampoline places. Oh, that'd be dangerous. Yeah, but it'd be good fun. I don't know. I've, I've had a few instances on trampolines. Have you ever done an escape room? Yeah, escape rooms are great. See, I think that would frustrate me to the point where I would want to fucking smash that up. <laughs> I'd just, like, run through the door. Just fucking let me out. I'm surprised people don't don't lose their shit more at them. I, it's weird. I find... I mean, I've done, I think, two or three now. It's weird how your, your thinking changes whilst you're in there. Yeah. So the first 20 minutes, you're like... You, you go, oh, I'm trying to do this, trying to do that, all of that, and then... After so many minutes, your brain sort of switches and goes, hang on a minute, let's think about this. And you find remembering things you'd seen earlier on in the like hour you're in there going, mm-hmm. hang on a minute, I've seen something like this. Oh, yeah, it's that over there. And next thing you go, know, bang, 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 you throw it. And next thing you're out the door, you're like, oh, shit. It's just con- conditioning your mind, I suppose, the thought processes. Yeah. Just giving yourself time to adapt to the scenario. I mean, I mean there, is, one... there is a couple up here. Um the other half sister-in-law, she does them quite a lot. Um, they did one as a family and nearly ended up fucking murdering each other. <laughs> so that that would be my problem. I'd just I'd either sit in the corner and go fuck you, figure it out yourself. Pardon me, or I'd be rampage and just calling everyone all the cunts under the sun. You fucking moron! It's in the fucking goldfish bowl. Look, it's bowl-shaped. That's gold. That's a fucking fish. It's in the goldfish bowl, you fucking tool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That'd be me. Oh, 
But Maybe then, that's what we should do after the COVID times. Okay, Next time we all get to an escape and do an escape room, see if we kill each other. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck that would push it. I, I, you know, I feel quite good about our group. I do. Um, disappointed a couple of them are leaving, to be honest. But I think that I'm not sure that the tensions would get high enough to cause a falling out in a situation I, like that. I would imagine it'd be planned, but if we didn't plan it earlier from the day, we'd be far too pissed to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Judging by previous previous um, interactions. Yeah, previous <laughs> air quotes meetings. Yes. Um, I mean, looking at... I know there's so one of the escape rooms near us in Peterborough. There is a one of the one of the rooms is somewhere where one of the team gets locked in a box or like a coffin sort of style thing. Oh yeah, I and you've that. got to try and you've got to try and find obviously the clues to get the keys to get get them out. Yeah, that could be an interesting one. Is it a sealed box? Like, well, I think it's just like a coffin or something, something like that. Yeah, so there's their air supply is pretty shit. Oh no, they're going to have air supply. I mean, come on, health and safety these days. That takes the fun out of it, though, isn't it? If there's real risk, that'll focus the fucking mind. <laughs> For sure. You don't do it in the 25 minutes, you suffocate. That's real yeah. fucking... Uh, that's real yeah. stakes. So you go to the pub afterwards, where's Gary? Oh, shit, we left him in the box. <laughs> we didn't get him out in time, I'm afraid. He's gone. I, yeah. say, I can't remember who said that joke, but every group of friends has a fucking twat. And if your group hasn't, it's you. It's you. <laughs> so whoever gets elected to be put in the coffin, that's also a way to find out. Like, Oh, we all think Sid should go in the coffin. Eh? <laughs> Do you? Everyone? Really? Yeah, oh, well. we all. Unanimous vote. We're not even a discussion about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, at least you fucking, that's probably the easier time of it. You don't have to spend the hour using your brain power. Yeah, that's true. You just get to chill, have a bit of a nap. Yeah. Like you said earlier, like it's it's sometimes all you need is that period to just switch off and not do anything even. Sometimes all all you need. Yeah. Like for, for me, it's drawing and uh, making funny pictures and coming up with memes and stuff like that. Just arsing about. We're still waiting for some of your memes to come out. Which... After seeing them at one of our last last meeting. <laughs> yeah. Well, Very that's good. the thing. You can't really copyright a meme, though. Can you? Sorry? You can't really copyright a meme. No. You, especially, you know, I think you can, if it's your own words you put in it, or yeah. your own style of doing it. You can't really do it. No. So you can put them out there, but it's, they'll be forgotten in a day. They'd, yeah. They'd only be for... I mean, even with these podcasts, like how many times do you listen to an episode and you go, that's fucking great, I'll keep that? Hardly ever. They, they're pretty much throwaway. Yeah. Unless I mean, there's some... It depends, I think, what... I mean, you've listened to Hardcore History, haven't you? No, I haven't, no. So I think it's Dan Carlin, Hardcore History, mm-hmm. his podcast. But again, they're very factual, very well researched, and they cover topics like the First World War, etc. Whatever. Yeah, I've heard of them. You might, you might listen to them again on the sheer fact that because the amount of information in them, 
Mm. If it's a topic you're interested in, especially, you you might go back and listen to again. But when you've got a podcast like these two chumps talking right now, you probably mm. you're not going to come back and listen to it. <laughs> no, well, you might. <laughs> I mean, there's a, a you know, it's very early days in this, but it still excites me. The thought of doing it and coming up with shit to say is, you know, I find it funny. It amuses me. And why not just record it? If other people find it amusing or it kills an hour where they've just got some sort of audio stimulus, then fucking brilliant. The thing is, everybody's got a story, no matter who they are. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so just, just from us guys jumping on and doing a episode where you, there'll be something in maybe six months time yeah and you'd be like do you want to come back on and we'll talk about this talk about that or whatever yeah. and there'll be other yeah. people that say we'll come in on a chat well if you try and condense you know 30 odd years into a couple of hours you're not going to capture everything that, no. that, that, that I mean I hate to get Keith back on because there was when we finished I was like ah oh, fuck I forgot about you know this, that, and the other. And it'll be the same when we finish talking. I'm sure we'll come off of this, and I'll listen back to some of it to maybe, do, like, you know, fucking make sure it was the same quality as audible. <laughs> and there might be something where you've answered a question or said something and I've gone, fuck, I should have followed up on that. I forgot. But again, the other side of it as well, you got to think, so that your what six episodes in there? So we number seven. six or seven. This is seven. So we number seven. So Keith's first time doing one. So it's the first time I've ever done anything like this. Mm-hmm. So later on, we come back on. We'll probably be more comfortable with it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is why I'm setting it up on video again. Obviously, there's be people just listening because I won't put the video up. This was to have at least some semblance of a physical reaction. Interaction, sorry. Um, M. M. Um. Second M. <laughs> so you can have the visual cues. Like yeah, if, exactly. If you agree with a point or disagree with a point, I can fucking see and read your face, and that's half the thing, half the battle. But when uh, the disease that shall not be named has passed, and we can do face to faces, you know, I'll make an effort to travel because, given the events of the last year, I am inspired to physically visit people that I might not necessarily have been to visit for a while or indeed think about visiting for a while so I'll just take my phone and my little speaker and we can do one in the fucking flesh at some point yeah I mean I'm, I'm looking forward to um, say when we can start all moving around again so I'm sure there can be more more times when some of us guys from down south are going to come up to the north to you yeah to be honest I'm, I'm tempted to tap Keith up to go swimming in the sea because I reckon it'd be crazy <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he does it every day. I know. That's mental, but <clears throat> I'll give it a crack once. I haven't got the motivation to get out of bed every morning and do it. No. It's a bit too far for me. It's about an hour and a half away. Yeah. Keeps him fresh. And uh, dare I say, youthful looking. 
I don't think that's right. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, Keith, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but they're fucking, look, it's just friends fucking chatting. There are plenty of other podcasts out there that do this format. So bollocks to it. Why not another one? Oh, I can give a fuck. It's been good fun. It is good yeah. fun. If, if people listen to it, that's grand. If they don't, no harm, no foul. No, no, not at all, not at all. As long as, and here's the other thing, it's, I don't intentionally say things to be offensive, but sometimes I may say things to get a comedic rise. That's... It's never, I always find it's never about the words, it's about the intent behind them. Yes, that's it, exactly. Yeah. That's it, one hundred percent. Amount of people, amount of people I've called a cunt, but it means nothing. To no, be honest, I, I class as a, ter- a term of affection and endearment. Yeah, he's a good cunt. Those are the words. Yeah, he's a good cunt. Yeah, I've never been as fond of that word as some of the other ones. I always preferred bollocks. I like the, the way that the way. Ugh, this is. Gonna <laughs> You're going to say the way it rolls off your tongue. Yeah, the way bollocks <laughs> rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> not my own fucking hell it might, that might be an, a benefit of starting yoga is I might have be able to have my own bollocks roll off my own tongue there's probably a pose for that getting the hot yoga um, hot yoga so it'd be sweaty balls yeah it'd be my own sweaty balls I can live with that yeah yeah my own soggy clacker pack and for the people that aren't particularly fond of the word, moist. Moist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. brilliant. I mean, I mean, speaking of balls, I mean, what I say since joining them, because obviously we're all spaced out all over the place. You don't, we don't see each other that often. Mm. So I think what, by the second, maybe third time I'd met you, I'd already seen your ball sack. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's almost a trademark. If anything, I could try and fucking trademark that. But like I, I explained this before, to me, that's... At what point does censorship start? Like, you can see a boob on TV, but they blur out the nipple. But if you see a picture of female breasts, you don't go, wow, look at the nipples on that. It's the boob entirety that you're like look at the fucking tits on her not to assume anyone's gender in this but you go look Ooh, at the fucking look at those <laughs> look at the, the tits missus, on that toaster wow your your <laughs> boobs are looking good today hey make people might identify as a toaster i don't look know the tits on that toaster yeah look at the fucking look at the tits on that tablecloth so when I see, like, I mean, in the days when I could see my own nutsack, it's thigh skin, and then at a point, at a point, it becomes scrotum. So where do you where do you put the blurry line? For me, scrotum without the shaft is just an extension of skin. I mean, give it another thirty years, you'd have to fling it back over your shoulder and have a look at it. Fucking, I can almost do that already. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, to me, it's just a, it's just another fucking it's just another area of my skin. I'd be, I'd be more self conscious about showing off any of these scars now than I would my own fucking ballsack. And I wasn't particularly bothered about getting the nuts out before. So I'm certainly no, not going to be bothered about getting them out now. Now, people might take offence to seeing them. But then, again, what is offence? You choose to be offended. Or you can just not look or not read it or just go, no, no, that's not for me, and stop listening. So you how you handle it. Mm-hmm. And say opinions are like arseholes. Everyone's got one. Everyone's got one. I can't remember the last time I was offended to be honest I think I don't honestly think I've ever been offended I remember when I was young and first joined up I would hear things and just be like holy shit what is I was 16 went to a fairly rural school in a fairly, fairly rural location so we didn't have exposure to lots of different things and hearing these guys fucking effing and jeffing and talking about oh going you know fucking that's not what your mum said last night that sort of shit I was just amazed by it I wasn't offended even when they said yeah. it to me. But then I learned to be like, oh, you know, people say, oh, fucking whatever, your mum. And I'd be like, I don't think you would because she's ugly as fuck. I would deflect it by saying something worse than what they could think of. Yeah, I've, I've done it again. I, I, I'm not too sure what, what causes that. I was like, like you said, you went into the RF at 16 and then you'd hear all this stuff. But then... It was a similar sort of experience to me when I joined the motor trade. When I went in, I was in the garage for the lads. Mm. The amount of, you know, the practical jokes you play on each other, the, mm. you know, the insults that fly around and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know it's just part of that culture. Yeah. The I mean, sun calendar hanging up in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the nipples on it. Of course, after a certain amount of time, you had to put some tape over them. Obviously, in case any of the, the younger apprentices that came in after you got offended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's weird. I mean, I say I've never never really worked in an office environment as as a 16-year-old or 17-year-old. I never spoke to anyone actually has. Or I, I, I don't imagine that would be the similar sort of thing that goes on there. I don't know if it's a, a, trade, a trade thing or, a, you know, the sort of... The sort of industry you go into yeah it could easy be I think that there's a different level of maybe not sensitivity but sensibility in different environments because you have like the blue collar worker the you know as well I mentioned this as well before that when you're working in a tough environment and it's shit, you try to make light of it to deal with it. So if you take people that were 
working with their hands in fucking mills or down mines or fabricating in factories where it was dirty and smelly and dangerous. That's a kind of environment where you would get a, a gallows humour as well. Yeah. But then if you're in an office, the risk is to your health and each other is comparatively low to non-existent. So you're not facing a, a same type of adversity. You're not having to come up with a defence mechanism as such. I suppose there, stereotypically, it's a lot more backstabby and cliquey and it's snide comments and fucking, here's a stack of paper, photocopy that, you bastard. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, you've, you've seen YouTube videos and stuff like from you've people have spun a tire over an airbag and set the airbag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people say it's stupid, but oh, your audio's gone a bit skewy, screwy there. Is it any better, any better now? No, try the plug. Has it? Has it? No, something's gone wrong there. It sounds like you're underwater. Unplug it and plug it back in. That's what she said. How about that? That's better. You're back to normal. Lovely. Yeah, I'll just cut that bit out. You got a little little note to put down at the time. No, I'll just read, I'll just listen through it. I'll just skip through. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so yeah that yeah that video is where you see fucking airbags being put under people's seats and shit yeah if you did that in an office you'd be fucking sacked immediately I mean I imagine you'd be sacked in a garage if the fucking the gaffer caught you doing that he'd be like look lads it's funny but come on now yeah can't be doing that shit I mean, I've I've heard stories over the years. I mean, granted, so as as time's gone on, it's become a lot more sensible. I mean, there's obviously, I mean, I I sort of joined just at the back end of hazing apprentices. Mm. You know, I'd heard people about the broom handles through through the overalls and lifted up on ramps, and yeah. people having the bollocks greased, and yeah, never happened. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're like, oh, come on, someone grease my yeah. bollocks, please. I mean, even when I was waving around in people's faces, nothing happened. <laughs> no, but, we're not. Uh, you winch them all up on the fucking ramps and you're just waving your sack about. Come on, somebody, somebody. Please, <laughs> the love of God. <laughs> but again, I've seen some, some of the lads that have come into, come into industry sort of at the same time as me. It generally depended on their sense of humour. Yeah. And they were, I think, generally, if they couldn't take a joke or maybe a bit stuck up or thought they knew better than everybody, they were generally the ones that got it. Yeah, but of the joke or ostracised. Yeah, that's the same. Again, that's yeah. the same as the mob. Yeah. But then, but I, I'm not sure I could survive in an office environment because I'd still want to be... A joker. Not, yeah, but not <laughs> like... I don't always go for the joke. I can be serious. But there'd certainly be a point where the a, where an email came out and be like, now can whoever put the pipe bomb in the photocopier please report to HR. Um, <laughs> this would be anonymous. You don't have to do it publicly. 
I'd be like, all oh, right, okay, fuck's sake. I googled pipe bomb and thought it would be funny, but you know. So well, Linda lost a leg, so well, fucking Linda shouldn't have been standing there. Eh? So it wasn't her break time, was it? Fucking bitch. I mean, it isn't. It isn't just sort of like our culture in this country as well. I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I've, I've been been to some other places. Well, I've chatted to the techs in other countries. Hmm. I met some techs when I was in America once. Calling might sound sad, but you know, when you when you're young and enjoy your enjoy your job, so like you you meet guys from other places. And I went to a BM garage in um, it's been I think it's in Florida somewhere. So I mean, this you can see how how bad it's going to be. It's Florida, but um one of the guys had picked up some roadkill on the way into the work, put it in the back of his truck, and then knew the apprentice was going to be working on a car mm-hmm. and put it underneath the microfilter. Mm-hmm. Come to change the microfilter later in the day, he was presented with this dead animal. Fucking hell. See, that's it. that feels quite mild, though. I mean, but if you to, to, to the to, at the time, to that lad lifting up in the filter and being confronted with that, he'd probably shit his drawers. But there was, the I wasn't there, but the squadron was out in Cyprus, and the military accommodation in Cyprus, you would have, like, the British next to the French, next to the Americans, and I think it was the American flag got stolen by an unknown party during the night. <laughs> And there was a full-on near-fucking-military incident. Like, it was an act of war. Like, somebody had just taken a shit on the White House lawn and fucking rubbed it in the president's face. They were furious. And the station commander out at... uh, I don't know the name of it. Akrotiri, I think. Had to be like, right, lads, station-wide announcement... Whoever put the flag, took the flag, please, please, please bring it to the station commander's office so we can return it because there's going to be a fucking nuclear incident over this. And from that, you can deduce that the Americans, as much as they say to the contrary, cannot take a fucking joke like. I was trying to think of a, as a comedian, uh, Original D Hunter, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an American comedian, and he, he remember seeing one of his shows, and he was talking about the fact he says he's talking about the difference in the way as Brits talk to each other yeah. compared to obviously Americans and the, the names we call each other. Yeah, you know, I said, oh, he's a good cunt. Yeah, and people get in America, they they deem it as they don't understand that we. It's a term of endearment. We yeah. say that to each other because we like each other. Yeah. If we didn't joke around and call each other names, you wouldn't be... You'd be American. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> just... To your point, they can't say the word twat correctly either. Oh, twat. Yeah, twat. What the fuck is a twat? Sounds like something the horse would do. In the know, yeah. Can you canter and twat? <laughs> Said <laughs> so Jonathan Ross doing fucking uh, dressage. Twat on. <laughs> he is a um, fucking twat on that fella. Fuck me. But, man. No, I don't know. It, Humour is subjective, and you have your people like Ricky Gervais who 
when he did that joke about being doing the gig for the Teenage Cancer Trust. Do you know that one? I don't know. And the start of his special fame, where he says, you know, I do a lot for charity and, you know, hold your applause. Like, he's been funny and, like, playing on the fact that he's famous, but kind of denying it at the same time. And he says, I was at the Teenage Cancer Trust, you know, because I do a lot for charity and I seen this lad in the front row and, you know, it shows that the, the, the Cancer Trust is doing a great job of developing research and treatments into these conditions and enabling people to live longer. And and he's, he saw this lad and he got talking to him and he says, oh, yeah, I remember you from last year. How are you? And he said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm still getting the treatment, but, you know, hopefully I'll be in remission and all the rest of it. And he had the the bald head and all the rest of it. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember you. I was talking to you last year. and You were 19 last year, weren't you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, another year on, yeah. And he says, oh, yeah, great. You do know this is Teenage Cancer Trust, don't you? Security, can you get this cheeky little cunt <laughs> out of here, please? And, and uh, he says, fucking security came down and get him. And, and the audience was booing, and I was like, do you hear that, mate? Do you hear what you've done now? They're all fucking booing you because you're in a Teenage Cancer Trust event and you're 20, you little bastard. <laughs> but, like, that made me laugh, but my partner's family is fucking decimated by cancer, so that's obviously a bit close to the bone for her and she couldn't watch it. And that's fair enough. But, again, it's the intent behind it. He wasn't doing it to make fun of cancer he was doing it to make fun of his own ego in that comedically you know he's too famous to be aware that he's being an arsehole that's that's the, the gag behind it it's not to make fun of this poor guy this poor kid with fucking cancer so it's always the premise the thing is a lot of people get get offended with comedy now but the thing is the idea is some of it it isn't real. It isn't happening, mm-hmm. and it's just—it's just a weird way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a skewed view. You'd, you'd be able to take a situation and turn it sideways and make a joke out of it. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> the way I do it, the fucking stories are true. <laughs> fucking, my favourite one is that dozy bitch in that carpet shop. That was brilliant. Yeah, I fucking believe that. It's all true. I've, I have a witness who can attest to it. Couldn't believe it. Well, I can't take your order. Why not? Because the shop in Huntley's closed. Yeah, but you're open. Yeah, but this is this is Huntley's closing day. Our closing day was yesterday. I fucking. Oh, it's furious. It's... Unbelievable. It's amazing how. how... To be honest, you're quite lucky, though. Quite lucky in the sense that this happens to you, and you because you're such a good storyteller as well. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> you, can rem- you can remember it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I texted you last week. I've been in the Premier Inn for two nights, and no, no crazy shits happened. <laughs> I know. I know. Quite disappointing, eh? I was disappointed. Really disappointed. Yeah, I was f- first night. Fucking first night that happened. Fucking unbelievable. 
But that's the thing. What makes a good story is the fact that it's unbelievable. The more outrageous the story, I think, the better the story. And oh. and the the funniest is when a situation happens that in itself isn't meant to be funny, I think. Yet somehow it becomes funny. For example, using the hotel story, <laughs> there's a lot of people, if they were confronted with a masturbating stranger, would be highly offended and would go storming back down to that reception and fucking claim damages for seeing a fucking stress. brown ring piece being slapped by a man's own ball bag. But I saw, I like, because I've got such a high tolerance for offence, I just found the situation fucking hilarious. I think I mean, it might have been I'm, better if I told her I'd just caught the man masturbating in room 208, but, you know, I think she got the point. <laughs> it's nice to skirt around it and paint a picture with it. Well, you're surprised you didn't cheer him on. <laughs> yeah. Because then the story could have been very different. I think he'd have got the fright of his life if he'd realised I'd been there. A little calling card left something just inside the door. Yeah, well, he was right. He was a mite distracted, but it's fucking. I mean, I've got lots of little stories, some big stories, and lots of little stories like that. Uh, which, you know, some of them I'm going to save for some guests I've got lined up, but fuck it. That's it. It's it's in the in the talking to people you're reminded of these stories. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, like that gag of your mate drawing those fucking cocks over everything. Or the <laughs> Phantom Panther. The Phantom Panther, yeah. You're you're reminded of these things as you talk to people and in, in you know that that's probably traditionally how humans have been for thousands of years is telling the stories and oh this that guy's story is fantastic and being a good storyteller or having stories is is a way to reinforce friendships because you're like oh he's fucking he's a good guy I'll speak to him have a crack and that's that's that is, it's nice to have a long like a proper long chat with someone as well because we don't do it anymore as, as people no. We generally not got the time for it, or it's usually texting, and that's it. Yeah, and even on so, a phone call, you're usually doing stuff. Yeah, but with this, with the leap to video as we have here, it's uh, failing an actual physical conversation. This is the next best thing. It's not as bad. No, <laughs> no. I mean, the technology is pretty. Although technology has gotten away from me, big style. Compared to, you know, sort of fucking over 20 years ago. Jesus Christ, I'm 40 this year. I'm not so, far behind you. So, like, when would it be? 26 or 24 years ago, I'd be in the school library you know, finding out how to get around the the lock that the school had put on the computers to be able to get to play Minesweep. 
Minesweeper. You know, you just yeah. fucking go around in the directory search and do Minesweeper.exe and MS-DOS in the bu- or bio MS-DOS, and it would open it, and you go, oh, I'm, I'm hacking. I'm a fucking hacker. <laughs> but to now, I could barely... I use four programs to get this shit uploaded online because this program will rip the audio, and then I'll save it to Dropbox, then I'll access Dropbox from my phone, then I'll open the file in that Hokusai, which will compress it and change it into a MP4, which Anchor recognizes, and I'll be able to upload it to Anchor. That's how I get the podcast online. But I don't I don't have an audio engineer. I don't have somebody who studied this shit to to do it for me. And if I get a sponsor maybe I can afford to hire a fucking <laughs> a Halston or a Jamie. But then find, part of it surely gonna be as you're going along and doing more of it and the, you'll find time to sort of read up on stuff and play about with stuff, you'll get better at it yourself. I'm not gonna read shit. <laughs> You'll watch a YouTube video, surely. Yeah, I might do. Yeah. I might do. But then I might be able to get my own producer. And this has got a bit of the garage band fucking rebel radio to it. Because it's so simple and I guess technology it's a kind of it's kind of counterintuitive because as rough and as makeshift as this is, I mean a fucking the wardrobe. I know. mean, makeshift, makeshift sound editing, though. It yeah. works. Yeah. I mean, I, I was quite surprised when you first started uploading them and listening to them, other than truck cast, which drove me insane. <laughs> that was only because of the the indicator noise and me being in the truck at the time thinking I'd left my indicator on and going, but it's not flashing. Why is he making the noise? I was like, oh, no, he's in the fucking truck. Yeah. But the sound quality, considering... As you're rec- you were recording it on your phone, and some are just recording on your phone. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's not bad because I use this this microphone. Ah, and it just plugs into the bottom of the phone, and it's got a pop filter on on it. Looks like a fuzzy bollock. Yeah, big fuzzy bollock. Big fuzzy bollock. Sit the phone in front of me when I don't have a guest because for, I was trying to do screen recording on the. We'll get a bit inside baseball here. Try to do screen recording on the tablet or the phone. It records the screen, but not the sound. I don't know why. Weird one. And I googled it and I searched it and I was like, "Fuck me!" The only thing that I could find that I can record the audio is Zoom. So thanks, Zoom. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> I'm not sure they'll want to be associated with this. But then again, I am only seven episodes in, so maybe it's a bit early to be fishing for You've fucking another, sponsors. Fifteen hundred to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, a, a podcast I listen to called Wife of the Party, and she's been doing it for three years, and has got like. I don't know, fucking 200 odd episodes. She still doesn't have a sponsor. But she... is everyone's, everyone is doing it now. Mm-hmm. But again, because it's so easy to do, it's nice to do it. That's why you've got to, you keep doing it for fun. 
if you do it because yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. And that's the thing, like, people go, oh, fuck, shit, yeah, sponsors, that, that'd be great, but it's not the be-all and end-all, as long as I still, I'm still enjoying it. That's the thing. Well, well the thing is, it's, it's, like I said, we've been chatting for, what, God knows, two, two bit hours? Mm. Probably, I don't know. I've lost track of time. Mm. But like, like, you, like you said at the beginning, I'm an expectant father. Mm-hmm. In, well, no, 10 years' time, this could be floating around probably a bit longer than that actually before she can listen to it mm-hmm. but but you know it's you a know, girl do you yeah we found out uh last weekend oh nice did you want to find out yeah I, I, at the end of the day i would say i'm happy it's 10 fingers 10 toes but mm-hmm. are you gonna call her terry with an eye <laughs> as in terry hatcher no no no, <laughs> no. we've got a few names banging around but We've still got a few weeks off for the till we have the twenty week scan, mm-hmm. which so we'll double check to make sure it's definitely a girl. Then, mm-hmm. but um, but like I said, if providing you know the world doesn't end and this is still floating around in the cloud somewhere, mm-hmm. she might be 16, 18 years old in years to come and find this and go, oh shit, that's my dad. Yeah, chatting to one of his mates. Yeah, because I mean, if I if I put your full name in the description, it's probably going to be Googleable. Yeah. But again, it's the same thing. And again, finding out things about, let's say you had Keith on last week. So I found stuff about Keith. I didn't know. Didn't know about his photography. Didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't know he liked to go naked swimming in the sea every morning. Well, I knew he liked the the, the sea swimming. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. He likes Better. a saltwater pokey bum wank, is what it is. <laughs> Grab a sea urchin then, and fucking rub his balls on it. But then I imagine, I say, you, we're going to have other members that I know come on here and I'll learn more about them and stuff mm-hmm. well back to the start where he's you know I genuinely thought not that it's a negative thing I genuinely thought the bearded villains were a biker gang and you, you know you learning? set me straight on that now I know now I know that some of them would just take the bus just some of them some of them probably can't get on a bus <laughs> Why is that then? Don't know, someone might be a bit retarded. Banned from public transport. <laughs> it could be that as well. Well, if they're a bit retarded, they can get in a bus. You can get a special needs bus pass. Can you? Yeah, you can. I've applied for mine. <laughs> I've got to wait for mine. <laughs> the CTE but, bus pass. I mean, because you, obviously, you know, you know, obviously. Uh, our ca- our captain's one as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, because yeah, I, I've, so I've sort of pulled him into that a little bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was me telling him about it that he d- he joined up yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, but it's just, it's an extracurricular activity, like you say. It's something. It's something, a distraction from the norm. And you get the feeling of community. You get the, the feeling of being in your own tribe. So it's nurturing, comforting, fun, I imagine. As it's moments. Yeah. I need to grow some sort of representation of a fucking beard and see if I can join. <laughs> You've got a bit of fucking dirt on your chin there. That's my beard, actually. Thanks very much. 
You bastard. Yeah. You, you bastard, bastard. You. <laughs> you bastard. But it's like I say, we, I mean, the Scottish have got a chapter up there, and we, we know some of the Scottish guys. Like I said, they have a, their thing every year mm. called Edinburgh. Yeah. Where we all descend on Edinburgh and get lashed. Nice. That's the only thing Edinburgh's good for. It's just turning up and getting shit-faced. The Princess Street party, the Hogmanay bash, I went one year with Keith and we got fucking mullered. And it was brilliant. Everyone's just out in the street having a great fucking time. Everyone's hugging and just a huge celebration. Wonderful, wonderful fucking time of the year. And, you know, maybe that's Gonna be gone forever. Maybe. Oh, fucking pandemic pish. I just remembered. Also, we got the first time I went up there was in literally. I must have been there about half an hour walking from the train station to the first pub, or was meeting like the main main group of people. And um, I walked past the statue and someone put a traffic cone on. It said, "Yeah." I thought, "Welcome to Scotland." Yeah, standard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's one in uh, in Glasgow near fucking George Square, a statue that always gets a cone put on his head. And it fucking takes some effort to climb the bastard without a cone. Never mind climbing that with a cone, man. It's fucking huge. It's high up as well. And there's nothing to grab onto. It's not like the horse is anatomically correct. It's not like it's got his fucking, his walloper hanging down fucking something to pull yourself up on. But yeah, somehow the council come with a cherry picker, take it off, following night or a couple of nights later, there's a fucking fresh one on there. Everyone in the buildings around must have a stash of cones ready, waiting for the council to fucking remove one. Taking it. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. Krypton Factor, Glaswegian style. Fucking mental. That's where they film film parts of that World War Z in Glasgow. Are they? Yeah, the bit where he's like driving with the kids and they're trying to get through the streets, trying to get to the skyscraper. Is there's a bit of that was filmed in Glasgow, and the bit where you see like the horde, the big horde of zombies. That's uh, oh, is that George Square? But that that's in Glasgow. When they're in that city, it's supposed to be Chicago or some shit, and they're driving through to get to the skyscraper. That's what was filmed in Glasgow. Because so. Oh. So when we was in Edinburgh for that Edinburgh thing, they were filming, what, what, I can't if it's one of the Fast and Furious films. Oh, yeah. It was the Hobbs and Shaw one. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they kind off parts of the streets and stuff like that when it was up there. Mm. They've been filming parts of the, the new Batman one with Robert Pattinson in the big cemetery that's in Glasgow. This big old fucking graveyard that's got like mausoleums. Fucking like... Uh, like Victorian era monuments and gravestones and shit. It's pretty cool. Where do you stand on Batman's? Um, in regards to favorite Batman. My favorite Batman. I think Michael Keaton. I think there's only been two Batmans. I just ignore the rest. There's Michael Keaton and Christian Bale, but Mike Christian Bale's voice by the last one was just fucking 
unbearable. It's ridiculous. Yeah. When he was. Have you ever what? Have you ever seen on YouTube? Um, there's a. I remember the name of it now. It's a channel called um, How It Should Have Ended. Yeah. You've seen it? I have seen that. Yeah, where it's animated. Yeah, it's all animated. And they yeah, usually yeah. have super, Superman and Batman sat in a cafe. Yeah. Whilst yeah. talking about one of the films. Yeah. I've seen some oh, of those. They're fucking great. Yeah. So, what's your favourite type of film then? Are you in all the superhero ones? I don't mind a superhero films i've not really got a, to be honest i'm a sucker for comedy oh yeah yeah generally don't really do horror because it gives me the willies <laughs> there's a horror film called the willies <laughs> it's really shit is it like a horde of old scottish men no, no. greenskeeper groundskeeper willies no <laughs> no it's like um have you ever seen Fright Night, uh, Frighteners, or Fright Night? No. no. It's sort of like it's like a sketch show, but with horror. It's like a series of short stories, all following a single theme, and ends up in one long film. Like horror films are my favourite. I do close, closely followed by action comedies like The Heat with uh, Sandra Bullock and fucking. What's her face? Out of Bridesmaids. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's funny as fuck. But I, I do love a good zombie movie. A yeah, good t- one. I like a good one. I think... There was a... You know the comedian Ross Noble? Yeah. He did a... It was a horror sort of slasher film. But mm. he was a clown. I can't mm. remember the name of it now. It escapes me. Um... Yeah, he, he played this clown that basically the, he was at a kid's party mm-hmm. and one of the kids tied his shoelaces together and he fell over, fell on something, and he died. Mm-hmm. And then he was resurrected so many years later on this one of the young lads' um, 16th birthday, something they're having a house mm-hmm. party, and then starts killing them all. Nice. I mean, I slept I'm not in the into... same room as Ross Noble once. Yeah. <laughs> not at the same time, but I was at accommodation in Sky. And the the wifey that owned the guest house was very proud because she says, you know, I've had Ross Noble staying in that room. I was like, oh, yeah, fantastic. And she says, and Phil Golby. I was like, oh, yeah, the the royal of the royal. Phil Golby was the UK services manager for Enercom. And he'd he'd stayed in that room too. Operations manager. Was it just one room? <laughs> Didn't even have an ensuite or anything. She was fucking mental. That week we went there because there was nothing in Sky because it was the off season. The only thing that was open was like the spa and the fucking Chinese takeaway. So me and my my teammate at the time, who's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks, we got a Chinese like fucking three nights in a row. Different things like, but still, and. uh the, the fucking fourth night we were going out there again and the wifey that owns the guest house she came out and she goes oh off out of your lads I'll give you a lift where are you going she says we're off up to the Chinese restaurant and <laughs> she goes off to that Chinese again you want to be careful you'll get slanty eyes <laughs> fucking oh, fucking hell <laughs> 
fucking, we were like, fucking diversity hasn't he made it to the Isle of Skye yet, clearly. Jesus, fuck. Fucking hell. Wow. Wow. Like, I don't know if there is a, a fucking equivalent, but I imagine she'd be rocking about with a white hood at night's fucking bit of mutual <laughs> masturbation by a campfire. Fucking hell. Near a burning cross. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck crazy. Was this before the time of chippy dinners? Oh, the chippy was shut. Oh. Fucking, honestly, it's off-season. Places like that just shut down. There's not, there's, there's not much touristy down by you, is there? Imperial War Museum is not too far, is it? It's about an hour away. Duxford is down there. Mm. It's to be honest, I think I'm trying to think of there's, there's not there isn't really a lot to be honest. Nothing that jumps out at me. I mean, the biggest thing I only because I grew up next to it is Rutland Water, oh, which is a massive man-made reservoir. East Leicestershire Water. There. East Leicestershire Water. Yeah. yeah. If you want to upset some people. Um, you know, and you sort of people go there for picnics and you know, walk and cycle, and you know, it's just like a massive park, really. All that jazz, yeah. It's popular with the people that live live in Leicester as well. People flock during the summer, it's crazy, yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's the usual sort of stuff, you know. There's a few museums around, Peter has got a cathedral, Ooh. McDonald's. Um, Rutland's got a McDonald's now, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the nearest sort of seaside town we've got from where I live, Skegness, Skeg Vegas. Oh, Skeg Vegas, fucking yes. Well, the people there are really into fitness. Oh yeah, absolutely. You mean fatness? No, no, fitness. They all wear the sports gear. It's you know they're really into fitness. Triple XL sports gear. Yeah, and mobility scooters. Yeah, my size of people. <laughs> I'm surprised that not, there must be must be people to race mobility scooters on the beach. Oh, for sure. They pimp them up, off-road tyres. Well, that then... fucking mad inventor fella that's got his own YouTube channel, he made a, a rocket-powered mobility scooter, didn't he? Oh, Mr. Mr. Furs? Yeah. Yeah, Colin he went Furs. to my school. Hey. There you go. I went to school with him. He was two oh, years above you? me. Oh, there's yeah. your claim to fame. I know the guy from YouTube who makes crazy shit. Yeah. And and yeah. you've been on a podcast on Spotify. That's just I have. Other claim oh. thing. I'll have to get my own IMDB page set up, innit? Yeah, absolutely. I'll set it up for you. No bother. <laughs> Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well look, I'm gonna fucking draw this thing to a close because that's two hours. Um Is it? Yeah, it is. Well, over two hours. But um look, I appreciate your time. Thanks for it's been a, it's been a pleasure because I don't think we've actually done this proper chat on the phone or via video. It's generally when we meet up in Scotland, so yeah, it's usually only been work stuff in the past. So yeah, so it's nice. Thank you for taking time out of your Valentine's Day to speak shit with me. Most but bef- welcome, before you go, uh, top five weapons should the zombie apocalypse happen tomorrow. Top five. Yeah. Reading the survival, is it? You, there's a pre, there's zombie survival guide, isn't it? There's a precursor to World War Z in the books. If you read that, yes, yeah, they have a weapon called the lobotomizer. Oh, aye. which is basically a big spike at a long distance, he can just impale the brain. Oh, nice. So, so that one, 
a machete because it has multiple uses. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Guns, I would go two machetes in case one breaks, a small pistol with a couple of rounds in it just for the inevitable end should you get fucking cornered, uh, an axe or a hatchet, something with a short handle that's lightweight because you've got to imagine if you're going to be throwing it around for a long time, you don't you don't want to be swinging something fucking heavy. Um, and a saw, because you never know if you're going to need to cut through something or cut something down. Or cut something off. Or cut something off. Um, and then, obviously, a sharpening block, a soapstone for fucking keeping everything nice and tidy and light. Because you don't want to pack heavy. You don't want anything that involves machinery, because if it breaks, you're fucked. If you've got to stop and spend time trying to fix something, then you're not going to get anywhere. But I like the idea of a metal spike, like some, like a javelin with a grip on it. Uh, so it's in the book. They actually explain it in the book, but it's been so... so Because the problem is, they said stuff like anything like a long blade is hard to swing about. If you're in a corridor or something and you come against a zombie, mm-hmm. you can't swing it around as well. That's where you go machete, because you can just... Right down the middle yeah. of the fucking head, split the brain in two, done. Same with a small they? hatchet or like a throwing axe, you know, like the ones that are like sharp. I've got a sharpened shaft as well and a spike on the back. And, and guns as well, you've got to be a good shot. And to be honest, I haven't fired one for years. So. No, well, that's why I would just keep one with a couple of rounds in it for myself. Just fucking. That's it. Well, that's it. listen. Call it to an end there, I think. Um, thank you very much for your time again, and I'll catch up with you soon. Is there anything you want to plug for the literally 10 listeners I might get? Oh, not really. Bearded villains, just say if anyone we'll wants to check it out, if you have a beard, if you're into raising money for charity, yeah. But I say you have to check out BVEA dot co dot uk there's a website there but it shows all the other guys as well yeah bearded villains um it's about it really okay and send me the link for that boy sam hubbard when we're finished yeah no worry yeah okay okay right then ladies gentlemen non-binaries prefer not to say trollkin elves hope you enjoyed that that's been my mate trev until next time Fucking liking.